So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Arda, and this the 31st of May, it's Pentecost Sunday, the Feast of Pentecost. My name is John Keeley, and help me to produce the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good, thanks a lot, Shane. Thank you, good. And it's got a special welcome, as usual, to our listeners who are housebound, and many of us these days, maybe lonely or struggling in some way. We hope and trust that, that this programme will bring you some hope as we try to bring it to you each week. Our programme at this stage, as people will be aware, is broadcast on West Limit 102, 10am uh, Sundays and 11pm. I'll come back to that in a second. The podcasts of Sacred Space 102 FM are just some of the Come and See Inspiration podcasts available for playback and download and our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. So that's Come and See Inspirations at buzzsprout.com. Or you can just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll get us there. Or you can also um, get these podcasts by logging onto Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or, wherever, or other platforms that you might have available to yourself. We would like people to text us and contact us every now and again, just maybe just to let us know what they think about the programme, or maybe some request for, it might be music, it might be a topic, it might be somebody, it might be worthwhile talking to from a faith point of view. If that's on your mind, you'd like to share it with us, please text us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or you can email comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com. That's comeandseeinspirations at gmail.com. Now, just one note in terms of our broadcasting times. Um, of course, we're all aware at this particular stage, uh, as yet, we cannot attend Mass locally in our church. Uh, so, what we're doing here on Sacred Space, we've arranged at West Limit 102 and Abbeyfield Parish here in West Limit to broadcast Mass at 10 a.m. each Sunday, uh, as I said, from Abbeyfield Parish. And this would be followed and our programme by a reflection and some music, it depends on what time is available. So that's 10am Sunday morning slot is Mass. And this week, of course, again from Abbeyfield Parish. Our usual programme, the one we're actually recording this particular moment, will be broadcast at Sunday night as usual at 11pm. And of course, both of those are available on our podcast um, our podcast page, Come and See Inspirations.buzzpad.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations, you get us there. Now, during these times of maybe worry for some people, um, we thought we'd try and bring some support to some of our listeners who are a little bit more vulnerable and maybe would like uh, like something to help them uh, work through this time. So we've introduced an inspiration reflection program. This is broadcast on Monday, from Monday to Friday after the 1pm news here on West Limit 102. Uh, so on Monday to Friday... We're broadcasting the Rosary with Dana and Father Kevin Scanlon. Now, this is followed by something maybe from our archive. It, it could be an interview, it could be a reflection from anybody that we've had over the last number of years. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll be playing a reflection, followed by the, uh, the Rosary, followed by a reflection. Thursday and Friday, we'll continue on, of course. The first part of the programme, we'll be, we'll be praying the Rosary with Father, um, Father Kevin Scanlon and Dana. But this will be followed by some music. So we'd like to play some music. Hopefully listeners might be able to text us in with their request. And again, just to remind listeners of the text, it's 087-6088-667. Now on that music, um, on that, that music part of the programme, we'll play some traditional hymns, some worship music, some gospel music, 
or some, some sort of faith music that maybe our own listeners have their favourite uh, piece of music they'd like us to play. So again, please text us 87 Now, Shane, after that, Saints for the Week, what have you got for us? Yeah, so it's hard to believe, John, but today is Pentecost Sunday. And so, of course, officially, uh, it is the end of Easter and end of Easter tide. So we've celebrated Easter for 50 days. So um, for those that will be listening to Mass this morning, uh, they will hear the, at the close of Mass, Ita Misa Est, Mass is ended, Alleluia, Alleluia. And the response, of course, will be, thanks be to God, Alleluia, Alleluia. So it's the last great Easter Alleluias. So, of course, that means on Monday we enter into what is called ordinary time. Now, uh, in the pre-Vatican II um, calendar, we used to have an octave of Pentecost, but that was done away with in the reforms after the council. So we enter into what is ordinary time, and um, so Monday, uh, but as well as that, to to mark a couple of things, Pope Francis brought put in a new feast into the church's calendar. So Monday, is the which happens to be the 1st of June, is the, is the feast of Mary, Mother of the Church. So... Um, Maria, uh, uh, Mary, Mother of the Church, which was a feast arising uh, actually from Pope Paul VI, uh, but it's a very ancient title. It's one of Mary's most ancient titles, and uh, Pope Francis put it into the calendar as a feast day. I think it was last year was the was the first year that it was celebrated. Tuesday, then, John, is the 2nd of June, and it's the feasts of St. Marcellinus and Peter, who were Roman clergy martyred under Diocletian in 303 AD, and whose names have been listed in the canon and the Liturgy of the Saints for centuries upon centuries. Wednesday is now, we're following the Irish liturgical calendar. So on the Irish liturgical calendar, the 3rd of June is the feast day of St. Kevin of Glendalough. And now the reason why I am making that distinction is because on the universal calendar, the 3rd of June is the feast day of the Uganda martyrs, but I'll come back to those in a second. So on the Irish liturgical calendar, Wednesday the 3rd of June is the feast day of St. Kevin of Glendalough. Of course, very much associated, uh, he wished to be a hermit. He crossed the mountains to Glendalough and settled um, at, in the upper lakes, which of course disciples gathered around him and became the great monastic city that we know and learn about. And he died in 618 AD. Then on the Irish calendar, Thursday the 4th of June is the feast day of the Uganda Martyrs, Charles de Wanga and Companions. Now, I have a particular graph for the Uganda Martyrs because, as people may remember or know, I lived and worked in central Uganda for about two and a half, three years. And I actually lived in a town called Mitiana, which was the site, uh, near the site of the martyrdom of one of the uh, the martyrs, who was Noah Mawagali, who was martyred uh, by being pierced by, uh, stabbed with a spear and then torn apart by wild dogs. So the Uganda martyrs were killed by the, uh, or martyred in 1886 by the Baganda king. And the main reason being because they would not uh, give up their Christian faith. So that's celebrated on the 4th of June in the Irish calendar. On the 5th of June, we celebrate the feast day of St. Boniface. Um, he is an English saint, but very much associated as, the mis- as a missionary to Germany. And he, he died in 754 AD. Uh, he's from Devonshire and was educated at the monastic schools in England. Tradition actually has that Boniface was the man that started the Christmas tree thing 
um, because of course the tradition of the Christmas tree came from the Germanic lands and he's supposed to have struck down an oak tree that was being worshipped and at the foot of it was this pine tree that was pointing to the sky as he said pointing to the true god anyway that's one of the legends associated with Boniface um, obviously the 5th of June is the first Friday for those maintaining their devotions um, then on Saturday we have the feast day of St. Jarlus on the Irish calendar very much associated of course with the diocese of Tume and he is said to have been a disciple of St. Enda and became ab abbot of the monastery, abbot bishop of the monastery even. He founded the Tume in the 6th century and he died in... I actually don't have a date. There's no date given for him. That's interesting. So that's the first Saturday. That's on Saturday, the ni the, the sixth of sorry, the sixth of uh, sixth of June. Now, just to remind people, June, of course, is the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. So for those of you that had your May altars, it would be very simple. Just do a swap. So you put the Sacred Heart in, you take Our Lady out. It's like a dance. One step in, one step out. And also, just in terms of news, of course, during the week, Pope Francis, um, uh, last night, actually, on Saturday the 30th, he led prayers of the shrines of Our Lady from around the world uh, by praying the rosary at the, at the, at the reconstruction of the, Vatican, of the Lourdes Grotto that's in the grounds of the Vatican. So that was on yesterday. But also during the week, John, there was a number of new saints and blessings announced, including uh, Michael, Michael McGivney, who's the founder of the Knights of Columbus, of course, that's a big U.S. organization, a Catholic fraternal organization, particularly United States and Canada. But also of note was the decree to uh, accept the miracle to the intercession of Blessed Charles de Foucault. Foucault, I think is how you pronounce his name. We've covered him a couple of times on the program. Interesting French man, died in Algeria in 1916. He was a Trappist hermit. And it's probably a story that we might take up again closer to the time when the canonization actually happens. And then last thing, John, um, as listeners are aware, the bishops are currently working on plans to reopen the churches. So I would just be saying to people that when it does happen, we are people, if you want your churches to reopen, we're going to need volunteers to help parishes clean and maintain churches, especially uh, all the cleaning that's going to have to be done. So start to be thinking about it. Maybe you might put a phone call into your parish priest and give your name. Uh, definitely something I think, John, that we could encourage. Thanks a lot for that, Shane, for, for Saints for the Week. Now, just before we go for our first bit of music, there's a, there's a prayer I picked up there some time back, not, not so long back, last week or two. And it's, uh, it's penned by Pope Francis and it's entitled A Lady on Pentecost Sunday. The Virgin Mary teaches us what it means to live in the Holy Spirit and what it means to welcome the newness of God into our life. She conceived Jesus by the work of the Spirit and every Christian, each one of us, is called to welcome the Word of God, to welcome Jesus in ourselves and then bring him to everyone. Mary invoked the Spirit with the apostles in the upper room. Every time that we come together in prayer, we are supported by the spiritual presence of the Mother of Jesus to receive the gift of the Spirit and to have the ability to bear witness to the risen Jesus. Thank you, Pope Francis, for that beautiful prayer. Now, Shane, we got a piece of the first bit of music this morning. You asked me to arrange yes. to play yeah, now we'll only play a short piece of it. It's quite a long piece of music, but we won't play it all this morning. But just, it is the, it's called the Trisegion. Um, it's an ancient prayer of the Christian church. And the piece that we have this morning is in both English, Greek, and Arabic. 
And what it is, it's a it's an ancient prayer praising the Blessed Trinity. Um, it's holy God, holy strong, holy immortal, have mercy on us. And I just thought it was an appropriate one this morning because it's Pentecost Sunday and because it invokes the Blessed Trinity. I just thought it was a nice one. Just It's a nice reflective piece. It's in, And just, just to go with it, it's a bit unusual. It's Byzantine chant, so it's not something that many people will be familiar with. But maybe you might just, just listen to it this morning. So welcome back again to the second part of uh, Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. So today, I, it's a very special day, of course, uh, Pentecost Sunday. And I want to uh, welcome some special friends of, of ours, uh, Jared and Barbara Hanley and Geraldine Creighton, who are members of the Emmanuel community in Limerick. Good morning and thank you again for joining us this morning. Good morning, John. Good morning, John. A beautiful feast of the uh, uh, Pentecost. Um, and I know it's it's a special place. It holds a special place for the Emmanuel community. I mentioned the Emmanuel, the Emmanuel community over a number of years. Um, the involvement of the Holy Spirit is so, is so important, and also Our Lady is so, so important with the Emmanuel community. So I suppose before we go any further, maybe Geraldine Creighton, can you give our listeners a little bit of a flavour of 
the Emmanuel community, maybe specifically there, maybe the Holy Spirit after that? Yes. Um, well, thank you, John, and thank you, listeners, for listening. And um, so the, the Emmanuel community um, is one of the new movements in the church. So it happened after Vatican II. So basically the, the, the Pope, and I suppose the whole church throughout the 20th century, was praying for a, a new Pentecost. And the times we know that we had the First World War, of course now the pandemic, we're living like the Spanish flu at the same time. So there's an awful lot of death uh, at the start of the um, of the 20th century, a lot of destruction through World War One and World War Two of life. Uh, but prior to that, um, 18 in the end of the 1800s, uh, Sister Elena Guerrera is is the nun who petitioned the Pope at the time and really uh, prayed to him, or asked him to pray a dedication of the 20th century to the Holy Spirit, to give it over to the Holy Spirit. And so at the end, uh, towards the end of the Holy Spirit, or, or uh, sorry, towards the end of the um, of the 20th century, we had then uh, Pope um, John the 23rd, and and he his whole image was the the opening of the windows to let the spirit in literally a physical opening and 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 uh, a prayerful opening and opening of our minds to a different way of being and he really felt the need for a new pentecost in the church and pentecost if you remember the first instance we heard in the in the in the readings today at mass um pentecost totally changed the people who were there beforehand they were really 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 um, afraid um, yes, they believed in Jesus. Yes, they knew him. Yes, they'd seen him risen, but they were hiding and they were hiding for fear of the Jews. Um, but while they were hiding, um, they were praying because Jesus said to them, wait, wait in Jerusalem. And when he ascended, he, he said, wait. And, and uh, in their waiting, they prayed. And it's a very good way for <laughs> waiting anywhere. It's a good time to pray and pray with a particular worry that's on our mind. It's a very good use of the time instead of worrying and waiting to wait and pray. But that's what they did, and um, their lives were transformed. Not only then, we see that in within days, um, 4,000 or so people were became followers of Jesus, and their lives too were utterly changed. And so in, in the prayer of the Pope for the at the, at the end of the 20th century, for a new Pentecost and, and having the Vatican Council, they are followed on then the, the new movements and the Emmanuel community is one of these, a uh, fruit of the Catholic charismatic renewal. Um, and there are many other uh, movements in the church whose mission really is, is to live this Pentecost. And, and what does that mean for Emmanuel? Um, it's really a, a devotion and, and, and closeness to Jesus um, a closeness to people and um, a willingness to share our, our, our treasure, uh, our secret, the secret of life with them. The secret of life is, is this relationship with God and this power of God with us in every day in our lives. And the other um, aspect of the community um, is this exact point, community. So we know that right from the start um, of Pe at Pentecost, the description in the Bible is that they shared everything in common, um, that the first believers, um, they, 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 they lived a strong love for each other. And in fact, in Antioch, uh, we know the, the Acts of the Apostles tells us that, that they were first called Christians. And it was just that they, it was their love. See how much they loved one another. And this is the call that we have in the community to love each other. 
Uh, and in this loving, it's not an insular thing, but this loving of each other um, uh, causes us to look and love all around us, those in our families and well beyond our families to show um, uh, a love, to share the love of Jesus in a really practical way. So Manuel is, there's about, I think about 12,000 people now in the community. We have um, we have uh, church, uh, priests um, who are in the clerical association of the community, and we have um, consecrated men and women. We have married uh, couples and single people. So once you're over 18, until whatever age, you can uh, apply to join the community, uh, and it's a, it's a path of discernment. Um, you're discerning: is it your way? And the community is is discerning: um, is it um, are you for us? And so it's a two-way discernment. And really, you know, the, the call is really very simple. It is to, to, to really live this life in the spirit. Pierre Bersau, who's a co-founder of the community, along with, he was a, an art critic. And so he was in theatre and cinema, and he loved all of that. Uh, he, he was French. And um, he, re, it, he was in his late 50s when he um, received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and that led him on to, to found the community along with um, Martine Keta. She was a me- medical student at the time, so she was in her early 20s. And um, they started a small prayer group and within the six months meeting together, they were 500 people and they had to split and found the community. That was in the heart of in Paris and from there it spread uh, on to Germany, into Rwanda. And the community played a huge role in, in the reconciliation in Rwanda um, after the genocide and even before before the genocide there was a lot of inequality in the society so we have um, uh, Cyprian and Afros are the two the couple married couple there um, he in particular spoke out against uh, inequality in society and he was martyred actually himself and his wife and most of his uh, children uh, were, were martyred in Rwanda and their cause is is, um, is uh, proceeding for uh, beatification, as is the cause of Pierre Grissam himself. So these are holy people that we're trying to follow, but for all of them, it's very interesting, Pierre in particular quoted uh, Saint Seraphim of Sarov, who said, one's whole life consists in acquiring the Holy Spirit. So one's whole life is all about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and what that means. And, and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is entirely creative and does new things, does new things in my life, does new things uh, in other people's life, uh, makes new possibilities in the world. It's the Holy Spirit who fills the world with, with knowledge and, and, um, and, and inspires. Uh, we often have the prayer for exams, asking the Holy Spirit to help for exams. But the Holy Spirit does more than, does help with the exams, absolutely. Um, but does much more, inspires every aspect of life, every decision, every step of the road, um, every thought, every good thing. Geraldine, thank you so much for that. Um, Barbara, Barbara, <coughs> how is the Holy Spirit affecting you now in your life now that you're a member of the Emmanuel community? Being a member of the of the Emmanuel community was just probably an extension of of all the other part of my life when you know we were involved in the charismatic renewal it was like a journey it was this journey that we were on and the car- the you know, you know coming into the Emmanuel community was that sort of a start of another part of a journey actually but a continuation in another way 
of the previous journey. But um, I do... I do love being part of the Emmanuel community, Gerald and I both love it. Um, it took us a while, you know, we didn't, um, it's something that we, uh, it took a while actually before we decided that it was going to be for us. And I think that's one of the good things about about the Emmanuel community, it does give you that chance to to decide and, and um, you know, take time. And uh, we, you know, we were surrounded by a lot of, of good people, you know, when we started going to the community weekends that happen every month, um, you know, we saw we saw people there that had a lively faith, and they were ordinary. They were just simple people like ourselves. They were ordinary people. They weren't extraordinary, but they were doing, you know, they were living their lives in a very ordinary way, really, um, and being part of the community gave them that, or gave us, uh, but at the time gave them that, um, I suppose, ability to to be able to share their lives with, with us in particular at the time and invite us in. And, you know, that's one thing that I, I really felt. Um, it's something that, you know, you know, we were looking again, you know, we were at a stage in our lives at that time that we were looking for... Um, like a community we didn't realize it was a community we were looking for actually at the time but that's what we ended up uh, we were at a conference in limerick actually and we met geraldine and she was putting some um some leaflets at the back of the church or at the back of the school you know where the conference was the charismatic renewal conference in limerick at the time and we just came up to the desk and we were chatting with geraldine and next thing she invited us to come along to one of the meetings, um, you know, that they were having at the time. Uh, uh, I think it was a fortnightly meeting, I'm not sure. And uh, we started going and we continued. And that's kind of how we came into the Emmanuel community, you know. But um, I just want to say as well, um, during the pandemic, you know, the time we're living in now, um, you know, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit working in our lives and in my life. And one of the ways that I'm finding at the moment is to be creative is um, I started taking photographs, you know, pictures of the ordinary things in my garden. Uh, we're blessed with a beautiful garden. And because uh, I've had more time because I'm not working, um, I've had more time to be out in the garden, and I've been I've been amazed at the way the Lord is teaching me. Again, you know, I I I think of the parables, and the Lord used, you know, Jesus used very very ordinary things in life to get His meaning across. Like, um, uh, you know, He spoke about seed and planting and plowing and fishing. And these are all things that um, they're, you know, they're things we can all relate to because they're part of our lives. And I found, like, I was out and I was out in the garden, and I, I was, I was, you know, weeding and I was planting, and it was all new to me because Jared's the gardener, you know, not me. I'm, I'm just the one that goes out and admires everything. But um, it was a kind of a new way of, of, of seeing the world. I've always been interested in nature. I've always loved nature. But this was different because now I didn't have work 
um, getting in the way and I was sort of able to dedicate most of my time to be out in the garden. And uh, I started taking pictures of very, very ordinary things and I felt the Lord move me or the Holy Spirit move me in this way. And I genuinely felt that it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. So I started taking pictures of, you know, the flowers. Um, I took pictures of stones. Uh, I took pictures of the grass. I took pictures of of my hedge. Um, and there's lovely things that Jer has planted in the garden. And, you know, he's little, he's got these little, um, uh, you know, kind of statue things that are in the garden. And, um, you know, one of the things he has is um, uh, a centurion. And I, I took a picture of that and I was able to link the scripture with with the centurion. And I felt it was the Lord teaching me scripture. Like, you know, one of my prayers during this pandemic was that I, you know, I, you know, I wanted to learn scripture more. And I wanted to, what my, like, I wanted it I wanted it to be more meaningful. So every picture I took, I was able to link a piece of scripture with it. And, you know, I took a picture of, beautiful picture of the, um, of the poppies out in the garden. And then I was able to link it with the scripture about, you know, uh, even Solomon and all his glory wasn't dressed as one of these, you know. And everything that I took a picture of, there was a stone then, kind of a rock that Jer had as a feature. I took a picture of that and then I was able to, you know, link it with the scripture on the on the Sunday's, uh, you know, the Sunday's gospel was the stone that the builders rejected had become the keystone. And even the simple, ordinary things, you know, the pictures that I was taking that I wouldn't have dreamed of taking in a million years, apart from the flowers, of course, I would have taken pictures of those. I felt the Spirit prompting me, the Holy Spirit prompt, prompting me Um with a piece of scripture with each of those pictures. So what we've done then is, um, I'm not very good at technology, but one of the other members in the community is. And um, so she she was able to take the picture and put the piece of scripture, you know, with it and post it up on our Emmanuel um, Facebook page. And that's been lovely. And uh, I was delighted to be able to share that, share that work of the Holy Spirit working through me and my openness to the Holy Spirit, um, you know, you know, God is isn't in lockdown, and the Holy Spirit is not in lockdown, even though we're living in lockdown. Just to show people that, in the very ordinary and in obviously the very beautiful this time of the year, you know, it's extraordinary in many ways. The beauty of of the creation that's all around us at the moment, in the middle of this pandemic, it's, you know, it really is. Um, uh, extraordinary, I have to say. So that's just one of the ways that the Holy Spirit, I have found that the Holy Spirit has worked or is working in my life at the moment. Barbara, thank you so much for that. What a beautiful way of allowing the whole, of the Holy Spirit, typical Holy Spirit, being so creative with you and allowing you to to, well, first of all, I suppose to to share that with us this morning. Thank you so much, because that might give us all ideas. Now, I'm not too sure whether we've all got beautiful gardens or we're very good at taking a photograph, but we'll let the Holy Spirit to take care of all of that. Jed, in the few minutes that i got left, any thoughts yourself and maybe on the Holy Spirit this time of the year? Maybe, as Barbara just said, maybe something to do with this situation we're all, we're all facing at the moment. 
Well, John, first of all, I'd like to thank Barbara for um, all the sharing this morning. Like, I'm trying to figure out what can I, how can I follow on from this? <laughs> what, 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 what actually strikes me about the Amanda community is the sense of fun and camaraderie. Um, you know, it's not just all prayer, prayer, but it's, that's all interlinked. But it's a great sense of fun when we meet and you know there's younger people older people and it's just this yeah and, and young children and it's fantastic to have um this community you know that you know that they're behind you all the time and when we when we meet as as this group you know that um it's like you know these people all your life you know it's just a bonding how where it has come from i don't know we were we were in rome some time back and we met people in the Emmanuel community and we felt that we knew these people all our life. It was just this sense of uh, love that, that um, came from them and, you know, the sense of fun. Um, yeah, that's just one of the wonderful things. Um, the journey to, to our, our journey to Emmanuel, you know, it took us well over 12 months. Um, the discernment, um, you know, the is it for us? Are we for the Emmanuel community? Is all these things that we, you know, we prayed about, and um, I, I don't know the barber shared earlier, but we, when we went to Rome that time, we went with, with with this in mind that we wanted to hear, you know, exactly the words, and maybe sometime Barbara will, will share that that um, share that thing again with us. So this morning, yeah, the, the Pentecost, it's just beautiful because it just shines you know god's love shines out you know within the community you can see it it's visible so john thank you again for inviting us on this morning thanks a lot. and again thanks to barbara for sharing that beautiful thought and definitely we'd have to make some time for that for barbara to, to to share more with us at some other stage but at this stage we're almost out of time here Geraldine, just one last thing. If people have been listening to you guys this morning and want to know a little bit more about the Emmanuel community, how can they find out? Well, we have our uh, Facebook page. We also are on um, our website is emmanuelcommunity.ie and if you email info at emmanuelcommunity.ie, you'll get me. Uh, Alternatively, of course, people can contact you, John, and you will give them that. Information. They, they, they can text us as usual 87 and the program that's 87 or they can they can e- email us on sacredspace102 at gmail.com in the meantime guys thank you so much for for sharing with us this morning a little bit of a surprise for listeners in that our conversation continued on more than what you've just heard this morning so tomorrow morning uh, excuse me tomorrow lunchtime that's monday uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week. Um, each of the um, of our guests this morning, that's Barbara Hanley, Jared Hanley, and Geraldine Creighton, give their own personal thoughts, maybe a little bit more in a little bit more detail on the Holy Spirit. But in the meantime, we'll have to go for a second piece of music this morning. This being Pentecost, Jer, uh, what piece of music would you like us to hear? Well, of course, it's a song of the Holy Spirit. So enjoy, and we can, as we're hearing the song, really welcome the Holy Spirit, into our own hearts, into our families, into our uh, homes, into our communities, and into the whole world. We want the Holy Spirit to change, transform the whole world through our prayer and song. And the piece of music? 
Holy Spirit, come. Perfect. Lads, until we meet again, God bless and have a wonderful, have a wonderful Pentecost. We'll speak to you again sometime. Thank you, John. Thank, God you, John. Thank you, John. Bye. God bless. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Uh, Shane Ember is still with me here on the other end of the sky plane. And this is the part of the programme where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. And before that, Shane's going to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. I'd just ask listeners just to listen to what Shane's saying here. Now, it's very important. You can just write over us. But just this morning, maybe take a little bit more care and just listen to what Shane's reading for us. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often capable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. 
Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, Pentecost Sunday, is taken from the Gospel of John again. It's chapter 20 this time, verse 19 to 23. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those sins you retain, they are retained. This is the Gospel for this week's uh, Pentecost Sunday. Shane, you got about seven or eight, nine minutes there. Any side of the thoughts, too? Yeah, um... So we have, of course, today the great feast of Pentecost. Pentecost, of course, is 50, Penta, 50, and it's 50 days after Easter. Um, Pentecost actually, um, as Father Frank reminds the Lexio group during the week when he sent around the, the few reflections to us, is, of course, actually it comes from a Jewish festival um that uh, that 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 is that was celebrated particularly with the temple liturgies so of course pentecost is very much associated with the outpouring of the holy spirit on the apostles in jerusalem by tradition is seen as the birthday of the church uh and the completion of christ's um work of salvation on earth and very much seen, of course, then as the 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 the, the, the fulfilment of the promises that were made. Of course, one of the challenges, John, reflecting on this Sunday's gospel, of course, is that actually the account of the that we're most associated with Pentecost, which is the locked upper room and the the the, the, the tongues of fire and the gusts of wind, all that imagery that's used, is actually taken from the Acts of the Apostles which, of course, is the first reading in this morning's liturgy. Um, so if those, those that may have um, a, a printout or, of the liturgy or the readings of the day in front of them, I would definitely advise you to read through that one as well. But what we are reflecting on in terms of the gospel is, John's, is a part of John's account of the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And in the Joanne, in John's Gospel, it's this is the closest that we get to it in terms of Jesus' outpouring of the Spirit onto the disciples. And I suppose it's it's in particular it's that, you know, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Um, and that is, I suppose, one of the great things I was reflecting on this week, actually, John, is that expression, peace be with you. Because I don't know about you, but at the moment, you kind of go through phases where things are kind of, yeah, you're going along, you're going along, you're going along. And suddenly you hit a stage where it's like you're almost panicking because you're worried about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Or you hear something and it's kind of, you get a bit all tensed up and kind of, you know, we're going through what is a very stressful time at the moment and people's emotions and everything else are all topsy-turvy. We're, we're, we're under psych a form of psychological strain. 
And I think for me, the last couple of Sundays, there's been def- different things in the Gospels that have spoken to me in terms of trying to keep help keep me on an even keel as I go through the week. Uh, because I'm actually, I'm living on my own actually at the moment. Uh, um, I'm, not actually, I'm not at home in West Limerick. So for me, you know, it's, it's, it's just trying to keep an even keel as you go through. And it's that thing, peace be with you. That whole message of Easter and the resurrection and the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. It's like, be not afraid, peace be with you, trust in God. These are the these are the images, these are the words for us to marinate in uh, that have come across in John's Gospels over the last couple of weeks. Then, in addition to that, then, of course, we move on to this line. After saying this, he breathed in them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you, that you retain, they are retained. And I suppose the focus here is this whole idea of the breath of God. Um, you know, and obviously, in the context of the post-resurrection appearances, it's to signify, of course, that this wasn't a ghost you know, John was telling us that Jesus appeared to him and it appeared to the disciples, appeared to the apostles, and it wasn't a ghost. It was this newly resurrected, glorified body that stood in front of the apostles. But I suppose the key, the key thing there is that thing, the breath of God. And... Um, Breath of God. For those of you that you're Indiana Jones fan, you'll be very familiar with it from the from the from the from the Raiders of the Lost, or, you know, Raiders of the Last Ark, or whatever it is. But in a context of Scripture, what does it talk about? And what it what it links into is going back to the very beginning, and it goes back to Genesis and that idea of God's presence over the shapeless void. And the Spirit of God reached out and touched that void, and out of it we have the events of creation. And in, in I think in Hebrew the term is ruah, I think that's what it's called. And it's that whole idea that it's the Spirit of God outpouring onto us. So in the sense of creation and the sense of Genesis and that account of trying to understand theologically the events of creation, as opposed to scientifically, is this outpouring of God's spirit into the universe and from it how things have come, developed and created. And we have that here again in the gospel. It's like after this, he breathed in them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you think about it, something that's very intimate. You know, it's like we're all very concerned at the moment about face masks and social distancing and should it be one meter or two meters and all that palaver that's going on at the moment and but the whole idea of course is because people you know there's a th- this this worry about breathing out on top of people or if you're traveling on a bus or if you're in a crowded supermarket or you're in a queue for whatever and there's a reason we're so worried about it at the moment if you think about it because it's something that's quite intimate you're you know when you breathe out on a person now, if a person's got bad breath, you've got a problem, you know, but, you know, but, um, you know, but in this, in this scenario, you know, it's very, Jesus breathes out on them. And it's that gentleness, that effervescence almost of contact, that intimate moment where it's, you know, imparting, you know, the blessing of God on the apostles, which is a bit very different, if you like, to Luke's account which is about you know the gust of wind and the tongues of fire coming into a locked room. So 
John's John's account is very much more personal. Now, obviously, they're two very different accounts. Luke's happens 50 days after the resurrection. John's account happens immediately post-resurrection. To be honest, I suppose what I say to that, and I remind people, is the Gospels are not history. They are a biography, if you like. They are an account of an event that happened. So I don't get too caught up on the timeline worries that some people might have in that regard. But I look to what it's trying to say to us. And I suppose what it's trying to say to me this morning is very much going back to what I said, that seeking that moment, that bliss, that encounter with the divine. So, you know, we spoke about God's spirit on the void is how it's described in Genesis. But also, if you go through the Old Testament, the very the connectivity with the spirit is very much connected up with wind and breath and intimacy because you have particularly with that account i think it's in kings or chronicles i'm not sure which where we have the elijah seeking god and he's not in the storm he's not in the earthquake but rather he's in the gentle breeze that's floating outside the cave where elijah is taking uh, taking um uh, shelter and very much then, of course, if you get into what's called the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, so that would be things like the Book of Psalms, the Book of Wisdom itself, the Book of Proverbs, where very much we encounter God's wisdom as the spirit that comes from him and to enlighten those and to guide us in the, the decisions and the choices that we make. And I suppose... As we pause, I suppose, this Pentecost Sunday, I suppose the question that we have to ask ourselves is, most adult baptized Christians, Catholics, Christians in Ireland, you have been confirmed. You have been anointed with the chrism of salvation, as it's, as it's called, by, by the bishop. And we are called into an adult relationship. You're no longer children, children. You're called into an adult relationship or um, I suppose the word I'm trying to take I'm, I'm trying to look at the, a mature relationship with God and I suppose as we sit on this Pentecost Sunday and I suppose we we, we, re, we read and reflect and we pray about the coming of the Holy Spirit and we talk about that great prayer Vini Vini Creator Spiritus come Holy Spirit Lord of life and you know are the Psalms responses send forth your spirit Lord and renew the face of the earth as we sit this Pentecost morning and we're in our homes and we're having our, our Skype masses or our webcam masses, I suppose we need to pause and ask ourselves the question, how, what have we learned as a church and a praying community through this COVID-19 experience? What have we learned as a community and as an individual? Reminding ourselves that it's not just about me and God, that to be a Christian to call yourself Christian and a follower of Christ, you are to be in communion and in community. And that is, we're brought together in that intimate encirclement of love, which is the Holy Spirit, which we celebrate very much so. The, the, forgotten, the forgotten lady, I like to call her, of the, of the divine trinity, of the blessed trinity. Um, because, of course, God does not have, does, God does not have gender. But, I suppose, John, that's just a couple of reflections uh, on this Pentecost morning. Shane, thank you so much for that. Um, just just a quick thought there, just as we come to finish off the programme. Shane said, peace be with you. It's something I think that touches us all. Um, it just reminded me just two, two little things. And 
Jesus is saying this to us all the time. And as Shane said, in these days when we are in periods of, of shutdown and there's an awful lot of things we can't get as, as well as we got before, one of which is the Sunday Missal, the, 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 the Missalette that we get from Mass. Uh, and I'm lucky enough to be able to get one myself, but for those people who can't, just to to have that mislet with us from time to time uh, later on on Sunday, maybe during the week, it's something we can maybe go back on and, and take a look over the readings that Shane just referred to this morning. And that gives us, it gives me anyway, and I think it gives most of us, that bit of peace, knowing that the Lord is around us all the time. So maybe that's one thing that Shane just asked, you know, is it something we've learned? Well, there's one thing I've learned that's, you know, come to my mind, the importance of that missalette that we, that we take home every Sunday, because by having that missalette in front of us, as I said, we can go over the readings, over some of the prayers, and we get that peace, only the, the, the peace that only the Lord can give us. Thanks a lot, Shane, for, for sharing with us this morning. Um, of course, we had um, Emmanuel community early on in the programme. We, we, we thanks to them all. Um, time for us to go for our final bit of music. Next week, hopefully, we have on the programme, planned anyway, uh, Father Seamus Enright from the Redemptive Community in Lameca, who's going to tell us a little bit more about the upcoming novena that's due to start on um, June the 19th, I think it's. But anyway, until next week, we'll go out with our final piece of music. This one is written by Mary Dawn, sung by Katie O'Flaherty, and this one is Mary, the Temple of the Lord. So for myself and Shane, uh, thanks a lot for staying with us. Uh, join us later on during the, during the week, if you can, for the various uh, broadcasts that we got. But in the meantime, take care, God bless, uh, and we'll speak again next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. Be afraid.